Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Well, with 2020 came a whole new vocabulary, didn't it? Suddenly we found ourselves saying words and phrases that we've really never used before. Social distancing, flattening the curve, the new normal. And one of the buzzwords that we used a lot was the word essential. Essential workers, essential businesses, essential services. And I think it's fair to say that this word essential took on a whole new meaning this year. Now, the word essential means this, absolutely necessary, extremely important. And I believe that a lot of the division and frustration around this word essential was because um, the government labeled certain things essential, and many people did not agree with the things that were labeled essential or non-essential. And that caused a lot of friction. That caused a lot of frustration. And I believe that some of you today, as I've said the word essential, you even feel a little triggered. But I am hoping to redeem this word by the end of our message. You know, it's amazing the things that we thought were essential at the beginning of the year, isn't it? We thought it was essential to go out to eat. We thought it was essential to go to the mall to shop, to go to sporting events, to play sports, to go to the movie theater, to go to school to go to a church service in person. It really, truly is amazing what we discovered was not essential along the way. And in just a matter of a few days, many of these things were stripped from our lives. And to say it it was jarring is an understatement. I don't know how you responded during those first few weeks, but for me, it was such a challenge. And I think it was humbling to discover that many things that we enjoy are not actually essential. Now, that doesn't mean that those things are bad things. In fact, many of the things I listed are good things. They're privileges that we are so thankful for, but we discovered that they aren't actually essential. And man, I really thought going to El Toro was essential. That queso dip, right? Well, as we move forward into the future, I believe the Holy Spirit He is inviting us to clarify what is essential, to clarify what matters most now. And I believe that he is inviting us into a season of winnowing. Now, I did not say whining. I know there's a lot of whining that's going around, but no, I believe he's inviting us into a season of winnowing. That's not a word that we actually hear very frequently, and maybe you don't even know what the word winnowing means, so let me explain it a little bit. It's actually the ancient farming practice where a farmer would take a winnowing fork and throw the hay up into the air, and it would separate, the husk would blow away in the wind, and the seed would fall down. And so it was this process um, that allowed the wind to do the work the lighter husk would fly away and the, seed, the heavier seed would fall to the ground. And this would remove not only the husk, but it would also remove bugs and critters. Now, no one can control the wind. 
but we can cooperate with it. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, he is ordaining a winnowing season so that we can actually see what is truly essential, so that we can actually know what matters most. It's as if we're throwing our entire lives up into the air and we're seeing what actually comes back down, what actually has weight in our lives. And if we allow him to, I believe that the Holy Spirit is actually gonna clear away some clutter and some critters from our lives. You know, the Holy Spirit being um, imaged or seeing this imagery of the Holy Spirit as, a, as the wind is actually found in the Bible. In Acts 2, we read that the Holy Spirit comes on the, the early church like a mighty wind to fill them with his holy power. And then in John 3, we read that the, the Holy Spirit is described as a wind who blows where he wills. But I want to assure us, this isn't just a, a, a wind. This is the person of the Holy Spirit, God himself, whom we can trust in this winnowing season. But this is actually going to require something of us. It is going to require humility. Why? Because we are going to discover that some of the things that we hold dear, some of the things that we think are really important are going to be blown away by the wind. And yet the essential things will remain. So I believe that in this season of winnowing, what is so unique is it's not just on an individual level for our individual lives, but it's actually happening on a, a, a much larger industry level. I want you to think about what the last few months has done to every industry, to government, to the school system, to our businesses, to sports, to entertainment, and yes, even to churches. And so we're asking the question in this season of winnowing, what is essential to the foundation of our church, our tribe, the Vineyard family? What is absolutely necessary? What is extremely important? That's the definition of essential. Because you know what the reality is? There's so many good ways to do church. There's so many good ways to live your life. But we actually want to know, what is God calling us to build upon? What is truly essential? You know, the government controlled the first round of labeling what was essential and what was not. But now I believe we have an invitation from God in this second part of the year to embrace this act of winnowing, to embrace this process of saying what is truly essential in our lives. And so for the next five weeks, we're gonna be in this new series, which we've entitled Essential, What Matters Most Now. You know, as a leader, I'm not called to be certain about the present or even the future, but I am called to bring clarity on what we are to do right now. And what I love is that as we go on this process, we don't start from scratch. I, I felt the Holy Spirit's invitation to actually look back to our past and look back to our, our history so that we could actually move forward into the future. We have reason to be filled with hope and joy. God has chosen us to be alive for such a time as this, and his spirit is with us. He wants to partner with us, and so I'm going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit now to be the teacher. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to be the teacher in our midst today. Father, let these words reflect your heart and show us the way forward, showing us what matters most now. Amen. 
You know, our history is so important because it gives us a clue of what God's done and what I believe he wants to do in the future. And so I'm going to give us a little history lesson. Our church is part of a movement that emerged in the late 1970s. But you actually have to go back to the 1960s to see the root because there was a movement called the Jesus People Movement, which came through and revolutionized young people who were kind of enslaved and entrapped in the hippie lifestyle of drugs and sex and rock and roll. And what happened was literally Jesus impacted these young people and overnight people got saved, got healed of their addictions, and totally got set on a new path. The power of God drew many people during that time. Well, a man named Ken Gullickson, who was a soft-spoken, unassuming leader with a passion to know God and lead others to God, started a church in West LA in 1974 and was sent out by the Calvary Chapel Church. This would be known as the first vineyard. Average people, as well as actors and musicians, whose names would actually be familiar to us today, Bob Dylan, Keith Green, were associated and connected with Gullickson and the Vineyard. This sounds amazing. California weather, you're meeting on a beach, you have famous people. I mean, can you sign me up for this first vineyard? From Gullickson's church, the first vineyards were planted in 1975, and believing that God had instructed him to do so, Ken officially gave the name Vineyard to the Association of Churches. God had given Ken two verses, and so I'm going to go there now. The first verse is in Isaiah 27, and this is verse 2 and 3. It says, In that day, sing about the fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, will watch over it, watering it carefully. Day and night, I will watch it, so no one can harm it. The second verse that was given to um, Ken was John 15, 5. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. You are a part of this vineyard. And Jesus is saying that we are a fruitful vineyard. And the promises of these scriptures, the Lord will watch over us. He continues to water us. Jesus is our vine and he assures us of his fruitfulness. And we're actually gonna come back to those verses because I believe there are some prophetic promises that God wants to give us today, some fresh encouragement about our name. Well, Ken ended up leading these churches for about five years. And during that time, he ended up meeting John and Carol Wimber. That might be a name that you've heard before, who became part of the Calvary Chapel Church. And John and Carol were on a journey with God that was going to lead them in a convergence of the Holy Spirit, orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. So John and Ken became friends, and in 1982, it became clear that John was the emerging leader of the network of vineyard churches, and so he took over leadership of the vineyard until his passing in the 1990s. Well, back in the 80s, when John and his teammates went to work building the types of churches that God was calling them to build, They set their hearts on building these communities that were real and raw and authentic. You know, they were done with religion. They were done with stuffy, rote practices. They wanted to experience Jesus. They wanted to intimately worship him. And I love that that's part of our history. The vineyard began to actually have international reach. And so it started in California, but eventually it went to England and to South Africa. And Alexander Venter, who is a South African vineyard pastor, 
wrote a book called Doing Church. And in this book, he outlines the six essential things that make us who we are as a vineyard movement. He articulated our foundational beliefs, our building blocks. And this is what is essential to our vineyard family. The first is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we would add in the Father, the Trinity. God, one God, three persons. Co-equal, co-eternal. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're so grateful for how they model relationship for us. Secondly, we are built upon the Word of God, the Bible. You know, there is so much coming against this book right now. So many people questioning, is it true? Does it matter for today? And our movement, this is the Word of God. It is alive, it is real, and it is foundational to our beliefs. Thirdly, we are built upon relationship. We believe that we were designed to do life with one another. Isn't it amazing how different we are? God loves diversity, and yet his heart longs for us to be unified with one another, that we would be in healthy relationship with one another, that we would have healthy families. Relationship is so important to God. Fourthly, we have the building block of the individual. We have a deep value for every person made in the image of God of much worth and value. And this is an amazing message to have right now because in a world where self-hatred and self-harm is so prevalent, we believe that God has created every man and woman and child with a purpose. In the vineyard, we like to say, everybody gets to play. This is a core building block upon which the vineyard has been built. Fifthly, we believe in the kingdom of God. Now, what is that? That's God's rule and reign here on earth. It means that when Jesus came to earth, he actually brought heaven with him. We can now experience heaven on earth. And we believe that it's something called the already and the not yet. This is the theology that helps us understand why there's still pain and brokenness in the world but why we can experience healing and hope now. And the sixth building block that Alexander Venter outlined is this building block of healing. We are a church that believes in the supernatural power of God to heal. He wants us whole physically and emotionally and spiritually. And so these six things, they are foundational to the Vineyard Movement and they are essential. And the vineyard became this thriving movement in the 80s and 90s as God called like-minded people to begin to build churches upon these essential building blocks. And this is where the larger stories movement intersects with our own church's story. So many of you know the origins of our church that my parents, Happy and Diane Lehman, met on the campus of the University of Illinois. My dad wanted to be a millionaire by the time he was 30. And my mom wanted to be a beloved college professor, but that was not God's plan for them. After struggling with really serious infertility, told they would never have their own biological children, God supernaturally healed them and birthed not only their natural family, which now has five kids, five in-laws, and 18 grandkids, but also this church family. Because they began to gather their friends together to spread the good news that Jesus was healing today. They didn't know it, but at the time, God was laying two of these foundational building blocks 
of our church. He was, he was putting in the, key, the value of the kingdom of God and the value of healing right into, at the very beginning. And they would be the first to tell you that they're so thankful that the father led them to meet the vineyard because they were both raised in strict religious homes. And as they came into more serious faith, they were impacted by some really rigid theology. And the vineyard was like a breath of fresh air. One of my favorite stories is that when I was one year old, they went to their first vineyard conference and they took me with them. Now, they got to this conference because my mom got a magazine in the mail that had an advertisement and actually an article about John Wimber's course that he was teaching at a a seminary in California. And so mom did a little bit of digging around and they found out they were having this conference in Palm Springs. And Palm Springs, it's kind of expensive to get to, but they bit the bullet and they bought those tickets and they went out to California. Well, upon arrival, they realized they had brought the wrong clothes. They were not gonna need those suits and dresses because everyone was in Hawaiian shirts with blonde, long flowing hair. Everyone was dressed super casual. They got over that, but then during the first session as the worship began and people were were kneeling down and weeping and crying and singing to Jesus like they knew him, they were shook. So shook that afterwards, my mom announced to my dad, we are leaving immediately. To which my dad said, we are not. We paid for tickets to stay, to come and we're staying. So, and the rest is history. This changed everything. I should note that when we got adopted into the vineyard in 1985, they told my dad that we were the furthest thing from a vineyard that they had ever adopted because we had become so religious and so strict, but we are so grateful for the freedom and the grace of the vineyard movement. And then God began to build his church here in central Illinois. Stamped on the back of all of these cars, remember bumper stickers? Yep. We had a bumper sticker that said, come as you are, you'll be loved. You see, people have always been important to us. Individuals and relationships, small groups were everything, and we spread the message, everybody gets to pray, play and pray. (laughs) Throughout the years and over time, God has done many amazing things through our church. You know, healing and, and the kingdom of God, they stayed foundational. In 1994, I was 12 years old at the time, we began to experience an incredible outbreak of the Holy Spirit's presence and manifestations. And we held these special meetings called Joel's Place and Acts Live. Any Joel's Place and Acts Live people out there? You gotta go way back. Where we'd meet together for worship and powerful ministry time and the Spirit showed up. People were being set free. They were being healed from bondage. Our youth group used to brag to each other about FT, floor time. Okay, let me explain this. Because when we prayed for one another, the Spirit would come upon us so powerfully that we would actually be slain in the Spirit. What that means is sometimes the the power of God comes on so strong, you can't stay standing. I was in middle school, so people really thought this church was crazy. It was just an interesting time. You know, people thought we were the other type of vineyard. But I am here to tell you that it was good and it was God, and I was marked. If you are 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, things can happen in in such a way you can have encounters with God that literally change your life. You see, God did something in my heart during that time, and I am so grateful. Our church has been built on doing the stuff, 
You know, we, we wanted to read the Bible and live the Bible. We wanted to love Jesus with all of our heart and do the things we saw him doing, heal the sick and set the captives free and bring hope to the hopeless. And in 2009, we felt the call to plant a church in Sullivan, Illinois. And the fruit we've seen in the last 11 years as you've built incredible kingdom connections and relationships and served your community so well. You know, we've been given this gift of the triune gospel where we've understood the Trinity so much more fully that we're restored to relationship with our Father. We're given a new identity through Jesus. We're released into our destiny from the Holy Spirit. These foundational truths, these essential truths have stood the test of time. And so that leads us to today. Because you see, God loves this church and he wants us to focus on the essential things during this time. I heard him say, he's calling us back. He's taking the vineyard he planted and he's making new wine. And so we're asking the Holy Spirit, what are you winnowing away? The reality is these essential beliefs that I just shared, those six things, they've been tested during this season. Relationships, under so much stress right now. We believe in healing, and yet our entire world is being paralyzed by a virus. You know, individuals are battling anxiety and depression, questioning their worth, and yet we know this, these essential truths have much power. So we want to explore the evolution and the expression of these truths. Now, in our context, John Wimber was famous for saying, we take the best and go. We look to the past, but we also look to the future. And that's why I'm so excited about our preaching team over this next month as they explore these six essential building blocks of the vineyard. And we're gonna have weekend messages. We're also gonna have midweek content. It's gonna be really, really a great month. Well, I want to end our time to today together by talking about our name. You know, names are really important. And as a parent, I was totally unprepared for the task of naming my children. In fact, my first son was nameless for 24 hours because I could not decide. And finally, I named him Ty. Our first daughter's name is Magdalena. And we felt that the father really wanted us to name her that. That was her great-grandmother's name. And so we obeyed. But I remember she was three weeks old, and I looked down at this sweet little baby girl, and I thought to myself, I, I named you Magdalena? And I remember having this moment of panic, like, what have I done? You know, names are so important. Of course, now she's seven, and she's totally Magdalena. Of course, we call her Maggie or Mags. But names and their meanings are really important. You know, just read the Bible. God actually has a lot to say about our names. So the name Vineyard was prophetically given to Ken, remember, in the 1970s. And this week, as I was preparing the message, I heard the father say, go back to those passages. Go back to Isaiah 27 and John 15 and reread them. So again, this is what Isaiah 27 says. In that day, sing about the fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, will watch over it, watering it carefully day and night. I will watch it so no one can harm it. We are instructed to sing, to worship about this fruitful vineyard. The vineyard, our vineyard, it's not dying. It's not sluggish. It's not dead. It's a fruitful vineyard. And the lo the, the, our old logo it used to have grapes on it these plump grapes. And for this series, our graphic, we've picked a bunch of grapes to illustrate this is our heritage, that we are called to be a 
fruitful vineyard. And the promise right here of Isaiah 27 is the Lord is watching over our vineyard. How comforting that right now in a time that's filled with so much stress and anxiety, we don't actually know what's gonna happen next, do we? But the promise here is that the Lord is watching over our house. The Lord is watching over our movement. The Lord is watching over us and he is watering us carefully. When I read that, I chuckled because I have... uh, made my children water my flowers this summer. And if your children have ever, if children have ever watered your plants, they either drown it or they starve it. And so I love right here that it actually says he's watering us carefully. When it rains naturally, guess what? We, aren't, we don't need water. But when it's hot and scorching, he's, he's watering us. And then it says day and night, the guard is up so no one can harm us. Do we believe this? That actually the government can't, the virus can't, the world can't. God is watching over us. He is watching over us, carefully watering us day and night. We can trust him. You know, this year it's unleashed unimaginable anxiety and worry. It's it's felt awkward and uncomfortable. And I felt the father wanting to assure us of his role in our lives and in his church. He's watching over us. He sees all things. Now let's go to John 15. This is the second passage. And this is a really powerful passage in scripture and it's all about pruning. Pruning, cutting things back, which I think is really interesting in light of this season of winnowing that I believe that we've entered into. Remember, it's winnowing, not whining. Where the non-essential things, they get stripped away. And can I be honest? I don't wanna be pruned. It hurts. I don't actually wanna be winnowed because that actually makes me throw things up into the air and lose control and trust that the Holy Spirit is gonna help the the essential things truly fall down and the non-essential things go away. And I don't like giving up control, but this is what John uh, 15, five says. This is Jesus saying this. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you know what this verse is saying? It's saying that Jesus is the vine. He is our source. He is the head of this church. And we are the branches. If you read above this, actually it says, when we say yes to Jesus, we get grafted into relationship with him. We become one with him. We now live in union with him. And how actually fruitfulness happens in our life is actually through this connection and relationship with him. Abiding actually means remaining. You see, we were designed for an interdependent relationship with Jesus. We have been prophetically named. We are a fruitful vineyard. We are in a winnowing and God wants to show us what is essential. Rather than whining, why don't we ask the Lord, what do you want? What is truly essential? What matters most now? We can embrace this season of winnowing, doing it with Jesus, knowing that he will show us the way. I'm gonna pray. So Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for the partnership that we have in your Holy Spirit. And now God, we we just with open hands, we say, God, we don't wanna whine. We wanna partner with you in this winnowing. Show us what matters most now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.